I've written this poem. I haven't. But we've journeyed. How do you know? You know when you squeeze an orange, you get orange juice. You know when you squeeze a Christian, you should get Jesus. That's a great example. Someone whose faith is strong, who has not allowed sickness to define who she is. And when she's been squeezed, Jesus is just coming out. <laughs> We're in complete faith for her complete healing. Amen. You need to hear that. Amen. So she. <laughs> That's where we stand, complete healing. And her journey's been amazing. And it's got her this spore. But there's more to come. Wow. It's half past. Let's fly through this a little bit. We're on our last week of identity and purpose. Who believes the Bible? Well, that's all right. That's most years. That's good news. <laughs> this always gets you. Who believes what Jesus said in the Bible? Well, there's a couple at the pack, don't? <laughs> Is that Simon? Is that Simon with his hand not up? Thank you, Simon. I was worried. <laughs> Doesn't believe what Jesus says. All right, and I'm going to look at two verses very quickly today. And this is what Jesus said. Not only did he say it, but he said it was true. <laughs> Actually, he said it was very true. Sometimes we just got to strip back stuff back and believe what Jesus says. Yeah. I can give you some theological arguments if you want, but we're just going to look at what Jesus said. It's taken from John 14. We've tried to theologically work our way out of this for a lot of years, but I'll tell you why, because we're not doing it. So we try to theologically work our way out something, because it's not happening. We, we make... Let's not go there. John 14, 1... Uh, John 14, and it's 11 to 14, it says this. So Jesus... Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Verse 12. Very truly, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me, that's everybody who believes in him. Okay? It's dead simple. Whoever believes in me, will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater works than these. Do I get an amen for that one? Right, okay, that's good. Even greater works than these. Because I am going to the Father. And here's another good one, verse 13. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Wow. Wow. That's some good verses, aren't there? So it's for all of us. 
It's greater works than Jesus, and it's access to Jesus, whatever we ask in his name. So all of us carry out the work. So, chapter 2, water into wine. Chapter 4, he reads a woman's mind. Chapter 5, he heals a man after 38 years of being sick. Chapter 5 again, he feeds 15,000 people or so with five loaves and two fishes. Chapter 6, he does this little thing about walking on water. He heals a blind man. He raises someone from the dead. The, the King James Version says, he stinketh. That's not Jesus. That's the man who was dead. So he was decaying. He was de his body was in a place of decay. Jesus rose him from the dead. It's not the work of a special evangelist or a prophet or a teacher or a pastor. It is the work of whosoever believes. If you want to believe that we can change this water into wine by the end of the meeting, Go for it. Where should I go? I'm trying to be, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good today. I'm going to be, going to like give you like, be good for you. The whole thing about Jesus' ministry was this. It pointed to the Father. Everything he done, all the miracles he did, the purpose of those miracles were not for the miracles in and of themselves. His purpose was to point to the Father. Jesus gave them this answer. John chapter 5, 19. Again, very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by Himself. He can only do what He sees the Father doing because the Father will, does what the Son does also. This, the, this Father does what the Son does. For the Father loves the Son and He shows Him all that He does. And it says they were amazed. When was the last time you were amazed? <laughs> they were amazed it also says in Matthew 5 16 I want to dispel a little bit of a myth here it says in the same way let your light shine for others that they may see your good works I've been around church a lot of years and they generally tell you to keep quiet about your good works you don't want to be bragging about them you just keep quiet about that. You just get on about it nice and quietly. The Bible actually says here that we're to let our light shine so that the world will see our good deeds. Why? The end of the verse says this, so that your Father in heaven may be glorified. They point to the Father. See, there's nothing wrong with shouting about your good works as long as they're pointing to the Father. And if they're pointing to you, 
then keep quiet. But actually, we should let our light shine. People should see what we're about. Our whole life should be a lifestyle that points to the Father. Everything we do. <laughs> somebody tell me if it goes, will you? That, if that goes to wine, will somebody let me know? Wow. Greater works than Jesus. Do we believe that we can change the molecular structure of that water into wine? I believe it. I believe it. Do we believe that we can reverse the decaying process of a man's body and bring him back to life? I believe it. Do we believe that we can feed thousands of people with five loaves and two fishes? I believe that. Do we believe we can speak to a storm and get it to be calm? I believe that. In all the miracles Jesus did, none of them met man's greatest need. None of them. Water and the wine, 800 and 180 gallons. Well, Laura's David would finish that in a week, probably, I would guess. <laughs> Man, the wine he gets through. So he'd need some more wine, wouldn't he? What happens with the hungry? Well, you know, Jai's not here today. We're collecting food from supermarkets because we run a huge food bank. But I tell you, it's busy. But in January, there's still going to be hungry people. When you feed the hungry, you've still got hungry people to feed. What about when you calm a storm? There's going to be another one. What about when you raise somebody from the dead? It means they've got to die twice. That's a bummer, isn't it? <laughs> Just leave me be. I just want to die once. <laughs> I'm not so sure if I want to go through that lot again. <laughs> wow. Man's greatest need, the miracles pointed to them. The Father. Listen, we need more miracles. We need more signs and wonders. Because the world is sick of us talking. We need a bit of wine in the water. We need something. Of, I remember a time we had here. Some of you remember it. We had a little rerun of it not so long ago. Where we, we were sticking stuff on walls. Coins. I don't know how it started. But people come to me because I'm the senior leader. Why are we sticking coins on walls? And I give them the theological answer I had. I don't know. I don't know why we did that. They're crazy. But what I did, I decided, do you know what? I should have a go at this. So I began to stick coins on walls, and I thought, you know what? That's all right, isn't it? But it's got to be more than that. So I then began to stick spoons on walls, because I thought something to do with the coin and the wall and... So then I began to stick metal spoons on walls, and that worked. And then I thought, what about a wooden spoon? Mm. No metal, no conductor. Then I stuck a wooden spoon on the wall. And then I thought, maybe it's the wall. 
So I then began to stick coins on glass. I've got pictures. They're stuck there on glass. It just went like that. It said, in Jesus' name, stay. And it stayed. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so then I moved from that to sticking a Bible on a wall. <laughs> so I got a Bible, and I put it on the wall, and I commanded it to stay in Jesus' name, and it stayed on the wall. Not only that, it opened. I thought, oh, God's trying to show me something. <laughs> so I took a picture. I remember posting it on Facebook, one of my friends said, practical and spiritual. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. I believe within the core of each one of us in this room tonight, there's a possibility you could go down to the sea today and walk on the water. Why? Because Jesus said we could. What sense does that make, Alan? I'm not really sure. I was out with Marcus this week and we were having a coffee and we were overlooking the scene. There was a guy in one of them paddle boats and he seriously, at first glance, it looked like he was walking on the water. I said to Marcus, look at that. Do you think Jesus had one of them? <laughs> Marcus was like, don't be stupid, Alan. The word invented then. Like, oh, yeah. Such a practical guy, Marcus, isn't he? <laughs> If a coin on a wall or walking on water points someone to the Father, that's what it's about. Man's greatest need is of a Savior. The purpose of it all is for the harvest. Will we get a harvest without the signs and wonders? I don't think we're going to get the harvest without the signs and wonders. I think the harvest is coming with signs and wonders. And I think we're going to move into some of the stuff that Jesus says we can move into and even greater stuff than he's done. Even greater? Really, Alan? <laughs> really? Even greater than what Jesus did? But he said, didn't he, in John 20, 21, Peace I leave with you, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with this, he breathed on them. Everything that Jesus did, here we go, I believe, was in anticipation of the power of the resurrection. Everything he did before that was in anticipation of the victory through the resurrection of him from the dead. The Bible says that he, Jesus, was the first fruit. Come on, some of you stay with me. Let me tell you this. We entered a new age. I didn't say we were new aged. I said we entered a new age. Mark was getting excited. Eh? He was thinking, that's it, I'm in. Another spiritual affair. We entered a complete new place complete new place that had never been before and we entered it through the finished work of Jesus on the cross and his resurrection we entered a new age like never before never ever before have we been at this place you see we can offer people greater works than Jesus because we're in this new age when, when we offer somebody an, an encounter 
Oh, church, we, we, we offer them the fullness. We offer them the totality of Jesus' resurrection. We, we offer them the ability to be able to cook on gas, full power. You see, you see when, the, when the disciples were in the... Do you not... Listen, I'm, just an, I'm an honest guy. If I'd spent three and a half years of my life pouring into people, doing miracles, dying for them, and there was only 120 people in a room, I'd be a bit disappointed. I've got to be honest. Yet the totality of Jesus' life for three and a half years, even given his life, meant there was only 120 people in the room waiting. Out of three and a half years, and him dying. And resurrection. There's still only 120 that were as one waiting. And as they were, the Holy Spirit came. And we entered a new age. <laughs> the Holy Spirit came on them, and we entered a new age. A greater work than Jesus? Well, let me just tell you this. I don't read anywhere in the, in the New Testament that Jesus saved 3,000 people. Peter gets up after the fullness of the Holy Spirit, after the fullness of the resurrection, and 3,000 people entered their names into the Lamb's Book of Life in one preach. In one preach, 3,000 people. What's man's greatest need? That our name would be written in the book of life. Jesus said, Jesus said to the disciples, don't get yourselves a little excited that the demons are subject to you in my name. Don't, calm yourselves down. Rejoice in this, that your name's written. The miracles, fantastic. Brilliant. The core need of mankind, that your name would be written. Everything points to the Father. Everything points to the Father. We need more miracles, church. Like never before we need more miracles because we need more harvest. The message we preach must be a message of fully paid, fully victorious, done deal. We cannot preach a half-paid gospel. Well, if you get saved, you might get a little bit of the Holy Spirit, then you have to go to Bible college, then you have to do this, then you have to do that. From the moment the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you're cooking on full gas. Whether you know it, understand it or not, you have the ability to turn that water into wine. Because Jesus said you could. Full gas. The whole lot. That's why that little flames on her head. We're cooking on full gas. It was overflowing. But we have to offer a complete message, church. We have to offer a complete message. I haven't got any time left because I want to leave a bit of time, but I do want to talk about this prayer thing where we pray in... Don't we pray some stupid prayers? Let's be honest, don't we? We pray some daft prayers, don't we? Although I've got a Mercedes. Um, but <laughs> apart from them, apart, apart from them stupid prayers, <laughs> don't, 
just shot myself right in the foot. I'm like, don't we pray some... That wasn't a daft prayer. David Vickers has got one. That was my guide stick. It was like, well, he's got one. I can have one. Um, yeah. <laughs> Praying for Mercedes, they're not daft prayers. Let's get that out of the way, right, from the start, right? But the rest of the stuff can be really stupid prayers. But he says, whatever you ask in my name, you can have it. So what does that mean? Because I have asked for some stuff I haven't got. I'm praying for me jet. I'm not really, just in case you're visiting, I'm not really playing for me jet, but I do have a Mercedes. Um, ha. Ha. I remember delivering a food box in my Mercedes. <laughs> the guy came out to collect his food box out of my Mercedes car and just went and walked away. <laughs> I was feeling, I must use the van next time. Ha. I don't want to get into this whole prosperity thing, but I'll tell you what it is. You, you don't break poverty by being in poverty. You don't break debt by being in debt. You prophesy. You prophesy into it. I've, listen, I'm not bragging about my car. I've had plenty of rubbish cars. And my car is a few years old, so it's not brand brand new. And I've probably paid less for it than you paid for yours. But that's just spoiled the whole thing now, isn't it? <laughs> Hmm. Whatever you pray in Jesus' name, it'll be done. So can we take that verse out of its context and just go, that's it? All we have to do is pray in Jesus' name. Well, there's some people sitting here today being praying in Jesus' name, things aren't done. I've prayed for some stuff that's not done yet. Ha. Huh. So what about John 15, 7, when it says... If you remain in me and my word remains in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done. There's a condition. What about 1 John 5:14? It says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if you ask anything according to my will, he hears you. What about Mark 11:24, where it says, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. And it's yours. There's a condition. Where's the condition in my name? But it actually says it again in that verse. It points to the Father. Jesus didn't mean that we could forget about the other verses. He didn't have to explain himself in every single verse. We don't talk like that. So there are other verses that we have to take in context to this verse. Can I just tell you, Jesus loves you too much to answer all your prayers. Hallelujah. <laughs> he does answer them all, by the way. Some of them are no. And some of them are not yet. But whether we like it or not, He is the sovereign one. It is according to his will and his wisdom. He wants to release goodness into our life. There's no doubt about that. There is no doubt about that. So we have to pray, I believe, through the filter. And the filter is this. Is it to his fame? Is it because of his worth? 
Is it in the full assurance of the full payment of the new age we live in? And is it into his wisdom? I believe God hears all of our prayers. And as I said, I believe he loves us too much to answer some of them. One of my friends says to me, Alan, do you, do you never put the lottery on? Have you ever put the lottery on? I says, I've never ever put the lottery on. Oh, he says, you're one of those Christians who don't believe in gambling. So I'm like, well, as it happens, I don't gamble, but you know, if you want to put the lottery on, that's up to you. And then he says to me, why do you not put the lottery on? I said this, I'm scared in case I win it. Because I think God's got a bit of a sense of humor and he would let me win it. <laughs> and that's not weird. Isn't that weird? We have to believe that God is sovereign. We have to believe that the stuff that we ask for that is in his will and in his purpose. So hear me on this. I'm not talking about sickness. I believe that that is in his will and in his purpose. We don't see the fullness of every person we pray for getting healed, but I still believe that that's God's heart for each and every single person who's sick. So there are some things that are set. That's in the new age. That's in the now. We can contend for that and we can see it. I'm not talking about that. But one thing we need to make sure that when we pray, we understand that yes, it's in Jesus' name. And yes, he wants to give us all things. But it's all those things. It's all those things that are pointing to the Father. Everything has to point to the Father. <laughs> I hope that makes some sense of those great, great verses, and they are great verses, <laughs> and I want to encourage each and every one of us, maybe you want to have a trip down the beach after this day and have a walk along, see if you could manage it, maybe you want to put your hands on this water and, and begin to pray, so I'll tell you what the coins did for me, I'll tell you one thing it did do for me, when, when, when I stuck a book on the wall, I thought, well, if God can do that, surely he can heal people. It, like, it, it, it kind of built my faith a bit. And that's weird, isn't it? But it built my faith a bit. You know, I, I moved my next... I didn't tell you my next stage from that because it's a bit weird. But my next stage from that, I thought, maybe I don't need a wall. <laughs> now, that was my next stage. And I've got to be honest, I did try it once or twice. Just commanded things to stay in midair. I thought... This is like Star Trek or something, isn't it? It's, it's getting weird. Could it have happened? Why not? Why, why couldn't it have happened? If it can stick on a wall, why can't it stick in midair? At, at that point, I thought, you better pack in, Alan, otherwise somebody will, <laughs> somebody will find out what you're doing. And um, I do actually remember we, had, we used to have a column right the way down the center here, and it got a bit crazy and they were sticking all kinds of stuff on this column, and they just left it. So there was spoons on there, and, and cars, you know, toy cars, and tea bags. <sighs> it doesn't make sense, does it? But actually, it doesn't mean it's so wrong. I don't, I don't know, to be honest with you, but we, we, had, we had some good fun. I think God sometimes was having fun as well. But I remember that column that called come down, and I remember, remember it was my turn to host the minister's fraternal. <laughs> <sighs> and do you know what? I I I kind of I I got here the same time as them, and I just hadn't thought about it. 
still remember them coming in with their collars on. I've got a collar as well, but I didn't have any... They were coming in and they were looking at the... <laughs> I could see them going like this. And then eventually one of them had the courage. Alan, is this some kind of art? And it's that point you think, what was the point of that Bible college training? <laughs> and I went through, what's the point of that? I remember saying to this Methodist minister, well, I suppose it's a bit of a faith exercise is how I would describe it. <laughs> that we stick things on walls to challenge our faith, to show that God can, I'm trying to explain it away, you see. You've got to imagine this water. I mean, it had like metal spoons, tea bags. I think it had a coffee. Th- it just had all kinds stuck to this wall, a toy car. It just looked crazy. And I'm like, well, do you know what? It's just a faith exercise, you know. We're encouraging our... And she looked at me and went... <laughs> it just kind of walked away. But I tell you what, every time I've seen her since, she's went, how's the tea bags on the wall? <laughs> She's remembered it. I bet she's been in a few other churches where she hasn't remembered stuff. But that was, that was so challenging to her that she's remembered it. And she does call us crazy church, but that's all right. I want to encourage you to be crazy church. I want to encourage you to do greater things than Jesus did. What do you think they must have thought of when they seen Jesus walking on the water? They must have thought, what on earth's going on there? What? What do you think they must have thought when a dead man who stinks gets out of the grave? What do you think they must have thought then? I've never seen that before. Alan, what's all this about? We didn't learn this in Bible college. And I really encourage you to be crazy, guys. To believe for the impossible and more. And to believe and pray for it in His name, in accordance with His will, for His glory that points to the Father. Because it's only by doing this stuff, by challenging ourselves, even that there today has been a challenge for us. Because it's still water. Even that there today. But by challenging ourselves, if that turned to wine, yeah, we could all have a drink. And it would be good stuff. Because Jesus' stuff was good stuff. He didn't make rubbish wine, he made good wine. 180 gallons of it when they were all drunk. Let's not get into it. If that had turned to wine today, we would all be buzzing about it, wouldn't we? But actually, it's only going to turn to wine if it points us to the Father. (laughs) Do you hear what I'm saying? They're not miracles for miracles' sake. They're miracles that we can point to the Father. And the reason for that is He wants to have fellowship with us again. I hope and pray that that's made some sense to you guys today. I'm going to hand back over to Laura. Amen.